podcast this is your host social introvert and we're back with episode six of season 10 and this episode we'll be reading chapter five on fear um always i want to give a shout out to y'all for tuning in um it's been a long day um i meant to record yesterday but um and taking care of my wife uh giving her head massage yesterday i fell asleep while doing that so, uh, I meant to record last night and um, fell asleep. So, uh, I would say that's a valid excuse. So, um, we are here tonight um, and ready to record. Again, y'all know for some reason I yawn when I'm reading. So, just try to gloss over that when you hear my voice sound weird every few minutes um but not only that i am a little bit tired it's ten fifty-seven, so uh probably should be you know going to sleep anyhow sometime soon all right so i put my phone on silent focus mode and uh we'll get right into it fear undeniably has a grip on the world as we know it today This very emotion we call fear has taken over the minds of many in our everyday lives from sports and school all the way up to businesses and war. Fear is a certain feeling induced by perceived danger, threat, and different organisms causing an immediate change of behavior to include fleeing, hiding, running, paranoia, and freezing from a perceived traumatic event. We have all at one time or another succumbed to various types of fear, wherever that may be. For some, it's in the kitchen when you see a spider. For others, it may be attempting to start the business you have always wanted and stepping away from that steady income and stability of a job. And in extreme cases, being on the front lines of war, kicking doors down, not knowing what's on the other side. Could be armed enemies, booby trap doors, and best case scenario, nothing. But the fact is, is that fear affects all of us. In fact, let me tell you about one of my personal stories of me being stricken with pure fear. I was a bit younger at the time, and I was living in a small military town in Germany because my father served in the Army. At this time, I had to be about four or five years old, and I had just finished reading a horror novel from a book that I bought at the book fair earlier that day. To this day, I cannot, for the life of me, remember what the name of this book was. However, there was a particular image in this book that I couldn't shake out of my head. This image that I speak of was a pair <laughs> a pair of giant hands floating in the air that was dripping green blood. I certainly remember that. No, I don't remember the story or what happened for these giant hands to appear to be dripping blood, but it had frightened me as a young kid to see this. Honestly, I probably shouldn't have been reading this book anyway, and I don't even remember exactly how they let me purchase this horror novel as a young kid at the book fair. Later that night, I tried my hardest to shake the image out of my head, but I was so terrified that I could not get that I could not get to sleep that night. After a whole bunch of stretches and eating some more food to fill my stomach and me trying to take it off my mind, I eventually fell asleep. At this point in time, we were living in an apartment complex building, so we were up on about the third floor, if I remember correctly. Maybe, yeah, think? I don't really remember. Third floor, and I had a window in my room that pointed to the backyard, and in that backyard was gravel and trees. 
So after falling asleep, I started to dream. And what did I dream about, you ask? A giant pair of hands that were oozing green blood that was floating in the backyard. And before I knew it, those hands had penetrated my window, grabbed me, <laughs> grabbed me from my bed and, and proceeded to squeeze the life out of me. I do not remember if I started oozing green blood, but I woke up before I lost consciousness. In that moment in that dream, I realized that there was absolutely nothing that I could do. Fear had overcome me and the sudden paralysis over my entire body had rendered Mary defenseless. Defenseless, wow. <laughs> the only thing that I could move were my eyes and my jaw, and believe me, the jaw dropping was involuntary. That alone was the scariest moment of my entire life up to that point because I, it was something that I had never experienced before. I just stood there and watched as the giant hands in the floating had in the backyard floated up to the window, broke through the glass, then the hands just floated right before my eyes, and in a quick instant, those hands grabbed me. Honestly, I was so stricken with fear that I was numbed all around and felt none of the pain. Whew. Now, of course, I woke up in a cold sweat before crying and running to my parents to let them know what had happened. Now, granted, at this age, everything seems real, including dreams, so I wasn't able to differentiate between what was real and false. My parents assured me that everything was good and it wasn't real, that it was all a dream. Uh, for the next few nights, I would almost always check out the window to make sure those giant hands weren't out there to get me again, and eventually I was able to turn to a normal sleep schedule, and of course, I never picked up that book again. So I have another short story for you. There was another instance, and I'm sure a lot of you can attest to this, that play sports. I was a young kid in elementary school and decided to play sports to get some exercise in and also to make new friends. This sport just so happened to be football. This style of football required us to wear pads because this is full contact football, not flag football. So, of course, there was a lot of physicality involved. I was a fullback, so that required a lot of action on my part because I had to run the ball against defenders. I also had to catch the ball against defenders and block defenders. To be honest, I was actually one of the best fullbacks, mainly because of my size. I had a great amount of speed and agility. Now, granted, our team's record was 1-9 that year, <laughs> so we were pretty bad. But this particular game, we were winning against the other team by 30 points. If I remember correctly, the score was actually 30 to nothing. But something happened in this game that I will never forget. We were running the same playoff game, which was guaranteeing us a lot of yards and or a touchdown. And I just so happened to be the player who was getting all these yards and scoring touchdowns this game. On this specific play, we were about 30 yards from the end zone, and I was on my way to score yet another touchdown. As I traveled towards the end zone, a defender came and tried to tackle me. And, of course, they weren't successful. But I stumbled to the ground, and the point of the football landed directly into my sternum. Those of you that don't know what the sternum is, it's that point in the middle of your chest that connects to the top of your stomach, sort of like an empty air pocket, if you will. As the point of the ball hit me directly in my sternum, the air was knocked out of me completely, and I could not breathe no matter what I tried to do. The first thing I did, which is what I'm sure anybody would have done in this situation, was panic. I never experienced being unable to inhale and exhale. I jumped up off the ground and stumbled across the football field trying to catch my breath as the onlookers sat back and watched in awe. Eventually, I ran out of injuries, fell on the ground, and stared up in the sky thinking this was it. My time was up. The referees, my parents, coaches, and other players rushed over to see what just happened to me. The only thing I remember from this event is the people screaming, give them some space, don't touch them, get out of the way. The next thing I remember was myself being carried off the field by my father and the coach. 
They took me to the sideline, and I heard a very loud applause coming from both sides of the bleachers. Eventually, I was able to catch my breath, drink some Gatorade and water, and get right back in the game. At that time, I didn't realize I was making a bunch of shrieking noises, <laughs> trying to catch my breath. And to this day, my friends and families will never let me hear the end of it. It was one of the most embarrassing moments of my life to date. However, the good news is that we won the game by a very convincing margin. I ended up receiving the Game Ball Award, which is an award a player receives for putting out a bunch of effort and contributing to the success of the team win. I believe I really received the reward because of the incident that happened on the football field. But nevertheless, I accepted it and we continued to lose <laughs> for the rest of the season. On a side note, the following year, we won every single game except one and won the championship for our league. Um, and I was really going off that year, me and my little brother. Now, when I look back on the first incident as I was writing this book, I realized two things. The first is that I was able to run my, to alert my parents without being in the grip of those hands or even seeing them. The second thing I found out is that fear of those giants' hand destroying me has never come to pass. From the second encounter with fear, I learned that I was not going to die from having the wind knocked out of me. There was hundreds of people in the vicinity who were readily available to help. And that after a short time I passed, I was able to inhale and exhale normally like everyone else. To my surprise, I'm still breathing now as if it never happened. You see, I understand that whatever ha whatever my worst fear is that I could co ever conjure up has never happened. Right now, I'm trying to get everyone to understand that regardless of whatever your worst fear is, your worst situation and whatever your worst problems are, more times than not, fear invokes the worst case scenario in any and every situation, but that doesn't ever have to be the case. We all have the innate ability to conquer all of our fears and change the situation for our good. There should never be a reason for the worst possible scenario to happen and become your reality. What you and I both have to realize is that fear is simple. It's simply an emotion that causes negative thinking and in some cases negative actions. And succumbing to the negative thinking of, it, of the mind, it will likely result in negative actions. What I have learned is that by staying positive in situations of immense adversity and uncertainty, I have already won the battle in my mind. By remaining positive, I have overcome fear and have relieved myself of any additional stress that would only deter me from the end of results that I want. You see, stress I would consider is almost like the younger sibling of fear. With fear, you can guarantee that stress is on the horizon. Stress is a big result. No, stress is a result of being fearful or something, fearful of something, and can really boost the effects of the flight response in our brain. Remember this. In the absence of fear, there is no stress. Whenever you find yourself stressed out over a situation or problem, just repeat this to yourself as many times as you need to calm yourself. To deny the entry of fear into your mind and to focus on dealing with the issue at hand, say this. In the absence of fear, there is no stress. I remember when I came up with that saying back then. I was like, oh, snap. A little light bulb, enlightenment moment. Some of you may not get it immediately, but when you think about the quote, you will slowly start to understand exactly what it implies. When you no longer allow fear to invade your thought process and action, stress will not have any room to come. Oh, here is one more piece of advice for you. Stop watching suspense and horror movies all the time. It's okay to watch those type of movies every now and again, I guess. But for me, I don't even have my body. I don't like to have my body in a sense of shock or to produce an artificial fight or flight response to something that isn't true. Many of you already know that you're afraid of the dark. 
Some of you get anxiety while driving home late at night alone, yet you're watching movies about serial killers catching single people driving home late at night on a dim-lit street. Makes no sense, right? Horror, suspense, and even thriller movies or TV shows are designed to put you on the edge of your seat. They're created to get a specific reaction out of you, which can cause anxiety, depression, and most of all, paranoia. People, including myself, have decided to turn on every single light in the house after watching too many horror movies. You start off by laughing at the crazy scenes in the movie, then you just blow it off because you know that the movie and special effects are. But, at the end of the night, you are peeking around every single corner in your house, lighting candles and placing them on your tables and shelves to keep the house lit just in case the power goes out, locking the extra doors in the house to keep your phone on standby at all times. All of these instances stem from watching these suspense and horror movies. Fear has overcome you. Darkness is almost always associated with fear, which is why almost all horror and suspense movies take place at night because they relate darkness to despair. In a lot of religions across the world, darkness equates automatically to evil and the devil. I guess because the crime rate shoots up at night, people are more likely to be aggressive and you can conceal almost anything in the dark, whether it's some drugs, cars, weapons, and all other sorts of things. Fear doesn't have to be the last resort. There are a multitude of ways to reduce fear, and one way is to build up courage. As stated before, stress comes as a result of fear. By building up your courage, you have to face your fears, however dark and scary they might be. You have to put yourself in a position to overcome them by any means necessary. If that means walking around your house in the dark at night to get over your fear of darkness, then do it. If that means standing up to your bullies, then learn some self-defense, and when you are confident, you stand up for yourself. That means calling your debt collectors so they'll stop blowing your phone up every day, get in contact with them, set up some kind of payment plan, set some money aside and save up so you can start paying your bills. Man, if I could if I could go on right now on the stuff I know now. <sighs> anyway, if this means going out and talking to a stranger because you have anxiety, go to your local bookstore, even to a church or something, and strike up a conversation with somebody there. They'll be more than happy to talk to you, especially one of the greeters in the lobby. Simply do whatever you need to do to overcome your fears because if not, you will live a life of despair, anxiety, depression, and unneeded stress. If you call yourself a believer and a God, in the scriptures it tells us that um, he didn't give you the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Don't let your mind or any outside source tell you to be afraid of something or that you should run from your problems. If you're associated with people of that caliber, you can run from them. You don't need people in your life that discourage rather than encourage. You also don't need people in your life who haven't gone through something and overcome it. That goes for your friends, family members, coworkers, etc. Surround yourself with overachievers. Surround yourself with people who have gone through life's various obstacles and challenges and have overcome them. Get in the audience of people who look forward to crushing fear and stress with a smile on their face. There are plenty of motivational stories and inspirational videos online of people in your circles that have overcome ridiculous odds to become better people. People that overcame the same fears you have. These people are not common. They have gone through it and are readily available to give advice and perhaps guide you through your own personal situations. The greatest victories are just on the other side of fear. What is the purpose of being afraid? When you realize that fear is a product of negative thinking and you decide to take control of those thoughts and cast them down and out with God, who can stand against you? You are powerful. You are wonderfully made. We have dominion over not only the earth, but also our reality. 
I'm sure by now you've heard of the law of attraction. If you're steadily in fear, you only attract more uncomfortable situations. If you decide you're in control and you can manipulate your own life as you see fit, you'll see fear make a hasty retreat. Your God will not leave you nor forsake you. Listen to that voice. Your God will let you if you let it. If you are afraid of something, be real with yourself and admit it and make the proper adjustments to destroy that fear. You are only fooling yourself by constantly avoiding every problem and issue. Go knock down those barriers and watch your life start to blossom. It only takes one decision for your whole life to change. There is nothing to be afraid of. Attack every problem head on. A wise man once said that God placed everything in life that's enjoyable right on the other side of fear. Being scared is only delaying the inevitable. Do not put yourself in a position to be in denial. And that is the end of that chapter there, folks. That is the end of that chapter. So I hope y'all learned something today about fear um, and stress. And I want y'all to remember the quote, in the absence of fear, there is no stress. Um... Because it's true. When there's no fear, there's nothing to be stressed about. Right? So, that is the quote I want y'all to leave with. It's, in the absence of fear, there's no stress. Say it 50 million times. Let me see if it works interchangeably. In the absence of stress, there is no fear. Well, I guess that work, it worked both ways. It's a, it worked both ways. It's interchangeable. So use that. Um, Again, I want to thank you guys for tuning in um, from all over the world, from Brazil to uh, Maritas, all the way to Mexico, just joined um, Oman, Morocco, Australia. Pretty much we have listeners from every single um, continent with the exception of Antarctica. I got to get somebody from there to join so I can say I've been heard on all seven continents um we're closing in on a thousand listeners that'll be dope whenever we reach that plateau um what else do I have for y'all I do have my www.linktree.com forward slash sonnetter s-a-n-e-t-e-r where you can go buy both of my books Hack Yourself, Design Your Life, or Accept Your Fate is my second book. Get Rid of Yourself is my first book. Y'all can DM me on Instagram at underscore social introvert to get autographed copies of both of those books. We have my Stock Options Volatility X course. If any of you all are watching the stock market, CPI data came out yesterday, crushed the market to the downside. Um... The market continued to fall today. And then we have quad bridging tomorrow, which is when uh, long-term contracts expire for all companies, pretty much. Um, Well, contracts expire every Friday, but there are some companies that only allow contracts for quarterly, I believe. And, um, you know, what's the other one? Monthly. But, um, yeah, tomorrow's going to be a a crazy day as well. So y'all need to buy that volatility options course to learn how to trade options using my strategy. I do not give legal advice or financial advice or anything like that. Um, 
my uh, my course is based solely off of what I do um, or the strategy that I use. Um, and its purpose is to for something that you can add on to your own strategy, um, not to just take mine and rely solely on it because nobody's perfect or 100% in the market, even the people who are licensed and whatnot. They don't get every single thing right because they would be trillionaires if they if they did. So, uh, with that being said, I hope you all have a good night. It is 11.16 here on the East Coast. And um, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and good night.